morning. So good to see you all here today. As many of you know, this last week, Russia has invaded Ukraine. And I thought it would be good for us as the people of God today to kneel and pray for the people of Ukraine. So I'm going to kneel, and if you are willing and you're able, I want to invite you to join me in kneeling and praying. And let's, let's go to God right now for the people of Ukraine. If you're not able to get up, you're welcome to stay seated. But let's pray. Father in heaven, you are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You are God over Russia, over Ukraine, over the U.S. So, Father, we pray for peace. We pray for those in Ukraine right now who are crying out for mercy and justice and peace. Lord, we know you are in control. We know you can bring peace. But, Father, I pray most of all you would give all of us peace. We know that you are in control. We know you have this entire world in your hands. So, Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to know that you are still good. I pray for our brothers and sisters, believers who are in Ukraine. Please protect them from attacks. Please keep them safe. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is still in control. And God is working. I want to tell you about something really exciting we did two weeks ago. Last Saturday, a group of us got together here at BCF Church to go and tell people about Jesus. We've been challenging you to do this. We've been saying, this is your next step. This is your now what? Now that you're following Jesus, go and tell others. And you did. A group of us met here at the church parking lot. Ten of you went with Pastor Juan. And you went and walked and prayed through neighborhoods here in Brownsville. And you met people and you prayed with them. And three people invited Jesus Christ to come into their lives. And many more were prayed for and were encouraged and were invited to come. And then a group of nine of you joined me and we traveled up to Hidalgo to the crossing. We met up with a team from Dallas and we walked across the bridge to the migrant camp in Reynosa. Now, I joined with my wife and two other ladies from our church, and my wife worked with the children, and they were telling the, the story of Jesus to the children, how Jesus gives us hope, and he gives us freedom, and he, he gives us life. And then I nearly got mobbed by kids handing out bubbles, but the highlight, the highlight of our trip for me was when we shared the good news about Jesus with a man from Haiti. His name was Raymond, and Raymond spoke three languages. He spoke Spanish, French, and Creole. Now, my wife, Gianna, was there, along with Jessica from our team. They speak English and Spanish, and I just speak English with un poquito de español. 
And so I was sharing with Raymond the good news about Jesus, how he brings us life and peace. And then my wife would translate into Spanish and and Jessica would help her when she would get stuck on a phrase. And then Raymond would take what we taught and he would share with the other Haitians around him in Creole. So we were sharing the good news of Jesus in three languages. This was, yes, praise the Lord. Only God can do these things. This was so exciting. It was so fulfilling. Why? Because we were doing what God created us to do, to go into the, all the world and tell everyone about Jesus. Now, friends, we are going to do this again, and I want to invite you to come with us. Now, maybe some of you today are saying, well, I, I could never do that. If you knew, only knew the things that I've done, you'd never even ask me. I want you to know, yes, you can. Jesus forgives, Jesus cleanses, and he wants to use you to do amazing things. I wanna share a time in my life when I was consistently failing. Now, I wanna take this moment to talk to the parents. Parents, if you have elementary-aged kids here in the room with you, I wanna invite you to take them right back through that door in the back of our worship center to Kids Church. Because we're going to be talking about some adult themes today. And they will be happier there. My kids were there earlier. You will be much more comfortable. You'll avoid awkward conversations later. Uh, if Also, parents, if you have babies, toddlers, we have a wonderful nursery. We've got great kids workers back there. If you decide to keep them with you and they become disruptive, one of our ushers may have to ask you to take them back to the back. And this is just because we love you. Okay, give you a moment to do that. There was a time in my life when for many years I struggled with sexual addiction. Now, I did not have sex before I got married and praise the Lord, I have been faithful physically to my wife, but I struggled with pornography. And I would read my Bible, and I would go to church, and I would even serve at church. And then I would fail, and I would look at some sexual images, and I would cry, and I would ask God for forgiveness, and God forgives. And I would feel clean again for about a week, and then I would fail again. And I was in this cycle of failure. And I would try to do things to, to, to fix this. And I had rules set up around me. I had accountability. People I was talking to, people who were praying for me. I put restrictions on my computer. I gave away my smartphone. And by the way, these are all good choices. But I was trying to control my addiction myself. And I do not have the power inside myself to fix me. And I realize now, looking back, I was living as though God did not exist. Yes, I worshiped him, but I lived as though he did not have the power to change me. And then one day I read this Bible verse, and I wanna invite you to take out your notes. We're gonna look at Jude 1.24. For those of you watching online, thank you for joining us. Your host is gonna post a link there in the chat. Jude 1.24. The Bible says, now all glory to God, 
who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Now, I want you to see the phrase that stood out to me, able to keep you from falling. If you have a pen or a pencil, underline that. Here's the question, who is able to keep you from falling? Yeah, is it me? No. Who is it? I heard a couple of you. Who is it? It's God. God is able to keep me from falling. And I realized for the first time, I was trying to keep myself from falling. And so I prayed. I said, God, today I am giving you my failures. I am giving you my addictions. I'm giving you my sexual desires. And then I prayed something that I don't fully recommend. I prayed, God, from now on, if I fail, it's your fault. Don't recommend that prayer. That is not exactly correct. But God honored the resolve in my heart. God honored what my heart was saying. My heart was saying, God, I am giving these failures to you. I am giving you control of this area of my life. And I have had so much freedom since that day. Now, it was a process, a process of daily surrendering this to Jesus Christ. But by God's glory, all glory to God, I'm celebrating in January, this past January, eight years of freedom from looking at pornography. All glory to God. He is able to keep me from falling. You can experience that same freedom. Freedom from embarrassing failures. Freedom to experience greater self-control. Freedom to experience God's blessing and power in your life. Maybe you're saying, well, I need that. I want that freedom. Now what? Well, we're going to read in the Bible about a group of believers from northern Greece. And these group of believers, they were doing all the right things. In fact, Paul, the one who told them about Jesus, he would brag about this church in northern Greece to all the other churches. He would say, this group of believers, they're, they're loving Jesus. They're giving generously. And that, that generosity is overflowing into great joy. They're doing all the right things. And so now Paul is writing to this group in Thessalonica. We're going to pick this up, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting with verse 1. He's writing to them, and he says, Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God, as we have taught you. You live this way already. And we encourage you to do so even more. He's saying, we see you taking these right steps. I want to see you continue to take these steps. And then he writes this. God's will is for you to be holy. I want you to circle that word, holy. I don't think many of us woke up today thinking, I want to be holy. Because when we hear the word holy, maybe we picture like an angel with a halo and wings playing a harp. And we're like, that's weird. I don't really want that. But the word holy here does not mean that. The word holy does not even mean perfect. It means set apart for God. It means dedicated to Jesus Christ. 
And that's why we exist. That's why BCF Church exists. We exist to invite those who don't usually go to church and to help them become fully transformed followers of Christ. And when we say fully transformed, we mean completely dedicated to Jesus, saying, Jesus, I am following you with all my heart. And that's my prayer for you, that you would be fully dedicated to Jesus Christ. And so Paul is saying this, I want you to be holy. God's will for you is to be holy, dedicated to him, so stay away from all sexual sin. I'm like, well, what? I thought we were talking about following Jesus. Why are we talking about sex now? And, and so often we, we think, you know, why does God care about sex? What's the big deal? Why should I surrender my sexual desires to God? Friends, if you want to experience freedom, if you want to experience God's power in your life, surrender this area of your life to Jesus Christ. Today, I want to share with you three reasons from the Bible why this is the best thing you can do for yourself. First, because God wants to give you a life of purpose and honor. See, when you surrender the sexual desires to God, God says, I want to give you a life of purpose, holiness. And sometimes we treat sex like it's something separate. And God says, no, this touches every area of your life. Maybe we think, you know, I can read my Bible, I can pray, I can go to church, and then over here have sex with my girlfriend. It's like we live our lives like we have these separate boxes. Like over here is my family box. This is where all the things that have to do with my family, I keep them in this box. Meanwhile, over here, this is my work box and, you know, my work, my job. And then over here is my God box, and this is going to church, and this is reading my Bible. And then way over here is the sex box, and let's just keep these as far apart from each other as possible. But God says, no, I want all the boxes Jesus wants control of every area of our lives. Give it all to him. Why? The Bible tells us in verse 4, then if you give your sexual desires to Jesus, each of you will control his own body. He's saying you will have self-control. Self-control in this area affects every other area in your life. And he says, and live in holiness and honor. I want you to circle those two words, holiness and honor. Holiness, as we've already said, this is dedication to God. It's having a right relationship with him so I can be used by God. And then he says, honor. Honor is a right relationship with other people. It's love and respect. And as humans, we all crave love and respect. And God says the way to get respect is to surrender this area of your life to me. It's saying, God, I'm giving you this area of my life. God, you call the shots. You say what's okay and what's not okay. Well, why would we do that? Because God knows best. You see, God created sex. God is such a good God. He created sex. I can say that in church, right? And God made it fun. 
You know, God could have decided we would make babies by pollinating each other. But he didn't. He says, I'm going to do this. This is my plan. And since God created it, he knows the best way. God designed the best sex to take place with one man and one woman in a committed relationship of marriage. Here's what Jesus said. God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And Jesus is saying, this is God's original plan. And if you take sex outside of God's plan, you have a broken relationship with God, and you hurt the people around you. So what do you do? Surrender this area of your life to God. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you control, and you'll experience self-control. As a young man, I prayed this. I said, Jesus, I want your best for my life. I'm giving you my sexual desires. I want to honor you in every area of my life. And as crazy as this sounds in today's culture, my wife and I did not have sex before we got married. And some people ask me, well, do you ever regret that? Do you ever wish you'd been with with other women first? No. It's like you're going for a steak dinner at Texas Roadhouse. A lot of you just got hungry. (laughs) And on the way, do you stop and say, you know what, I'm going to stop by McDonald's and pick up a Big Mac on the way to the steak dinner. (laughs) Would you do that? No. No. And halfway through your steak dinner, would you think, you know what, I really wish I'd had a Big Mac on the way here? No. You want the best. And God's best for you is that steak dinner. If you're not married yet, wait for the steak. I told my wife earlier, you're the steak. <laughs> Maybe you're saying, well, that sounds great for you, but what if I've already messed up? Now what? Jesus can wash you clean. He can give you a fresh start. He can restore your purity. Friends, we can't do this on our own. We need God's people around us. I want to encourage you, join a BCF small group. Find friends who will support you, who will pray for you, who will encourage you. You can join a small group today. Go to bcfchurch.com slash groups. Go to your church center app. You can see all of our groups there. And guess what? We are launching more groups this week. We're having a small group host training today right here at 4 o'clock. Maybe you're saying, well, I would like to do that. I would like to open my home and help people connect to build those friendships. We're not looking for perfect people. We're looking for people who are saying, I'm turning from my sin. I'm dedicating my life to Jesus, and I want to help other people make friends. Come today, 4 o'clock. Check it out. Surrender control of this area of your life to Jesus Christ. Not only will he give you a life of purpose and honor, he can set you free from out-of-control desires. The Bible continues in verse 5. Do not live in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God in his ways. I want to pause real quick. The word pagans here, it's not talking about like witchcraft or Wiccan or anything weird like that. It simply means the people of this world who don't know God. And back in, in ancient Greece, 
They were surrounded with a culture that was saturated in out-of-control sexual desires. They were surrounded with a culture of having sex before marriage, committing adultery, prostitution, homosexuality. All of these things was in their culture. And the Bible's saying, don't live like the people of the world who don't know God. I want you to circle, go back, going back to that verse, circle that phrase, lustful passion. That phrase means out-of-control sexual desires. Back in verse 3, when the Bible says sexual sin, the word there is porneia in the original language. That's where we get the word pornography. And I want to speak to the single people for a moment. Maybe you think, you know, it's okay to look at porn now. Once I get married and I have a husband or wife, then they will meet all of my sexual needs. But the truth is, your husband or wife cannot fulfill out-of-control sexual desires. If you don't get control of this now, it will hurt you later. So what do you do? Say, Jesus, take control. When I was experiencing this, when I was living in this failure, I was living as though I didn't know God. But I found so much freedom. I want to invite you to check out Celebrate Recovery. At CR, I found tools to help me consistently find freedom, to consistently surrender this area of my life to Jesus Christ. We meet right here, Friday nights at 7 o'clock. If you're saying, I need God's help, I want to invite you to come. Guys, we need to talk to other men. Ladies, talk to other ladies and say, I admit I need help. That's the beginning of healing. God wants you to experience a life of purpose and honor. He wants to give you freedom from out-of-control desires. And number three, God wants to protect you from the consequences of your sin. The Bible continues in verse 6. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter. Speaking of sexual sin. For the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. I want you to circle two words here, harm and cheat. The word harm is talking about crossing those sexual boundaries. It's talking about adultery. It's talking about having an affair with a married man or a married woman. And the word harm, or sorry, the word cheat means to take advantage of someone. And this includes living together with your boyfriend or girlfriend before you're married. Maybe you're saying, well, <laughs> how is that cheating them? I mean, we're two consenting adults. We're saving on rent. You are cheating them out of having a committed marriage relationship. You are cheating them out of having a right relationship with God. And you are cheating them out of having the respect for themselves and respect from others. My wife and I have talked to so many Single ladies living with their boyfriend, living with their fiance, and they admit to so much shame. They admit to, to feeling guilty. One told us, you know, every time I would fill out a form for my kids and they have a different last name from me and I have a different last name from their father, I would feel so much shame. You're also cheating your children out of a secure home where they know dad and mom are here to stay. Most of all, you're cheating yourself. 
you're keeping yourself from being used by God, from finding that most fulfilling, exciting, joy-filled life. Look again where the Bible says the Lord will avenge. God says, I will avenge the wrong you've committed against your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your children. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the brokenness in your life. And it breaks my heart when we have had to tell some of you, I'm so sorry. I know you're gifted. I know you're talented. I know you have a heart to serve, but you can't serve right now because you're living in sexual sin and you are refusing to change. But on the other hand, I have seen those of you make that decision, say, you know what, I'm gonna make this right. I'm gonna turn from my sin. And others of you have said, we wanna make this right. We want to get married. I'd like you to hear from some of my dear friends and how they started to follow Christ with their lives. So I wasn't following God's will for my life when I was dating Juan. We, we skipped steps in our relationship and decided to go straight into moving in together instead of continuing to date and live separately. So that definitely had an impact not only on my life but on my kids' lives as well because I bring somebody new into the household and I, I think it really hurt their self-esteem to watch me go to church every day but then to live this other life outside of, of church at home and to set such a bad example for them as well. Having grown up with a, in a household where both my parents are married, I see marriage as a growing opportunity instead of a default. And so I knew right away I wanted to get married. I wanted to follow God's will. So Juan growing up in a household um, as a product of divorce, for him, he saw marriage very jaded. One day, Pastor Mike just called us both into the pastor's green room, and he just flat out told us, why aren't you married? We got married on Friday the 13th, um, right before CR. So. We've been married for seven years. Seven years. I wasn't, I wasn't against it. I just didn't think the paper itself was anything special. The only thing that did change is once I got, I got married, my feelings grew more for her. You know, when two people get married, you know, it kind of like sets you on the right track that feels right instead of just wandering about. Being married helps join you together and so now I don't have to come into church and feel that guilt or shame, you know, knowing that I'm doing something different when I leave, but instead I'm, I'm able to honor God in all areas, in, especially with my marriage. We have two daughters. We're able to live comfortably, not extravagantly, but comfortably. We pay our bills. Um, we tithe. We are able to save here and there and you know, not have to live paycheck to paycheck. God's really blessed us both. And so he's blessed us not only with the things he's given us, but for us to have that opportunity to go and serve in the ministries that I know that he's called us to be in. And so now that we can set those examples for those students coming in. I like being married to her. I like being married to you too. Juan and Becky serve at Celebrate Recovery. They're part of the core CR leadership team. And Juan Flores is actually one of the newest members of our BCF staff team. 
You see, God doesn't care what your past is. He will forgive you. He will wash you clean. He wants to use you to do amazing things. In verse 7, the Bible reminds us, God has called us to live holy lives. And remember, holy means dedicated. It means I'm committed to being used by you, God, not impure lives. See, God can use any type of person. The only person God will not use is the person who refuses to change. Paul closes this section with a warning. He says, therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching. Saying these are not Pastor Bo's rules about sex. No. You're rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. See, when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your life, he sends his Holy Spirit to live in your heart. He gives you the power to change. But when we refuse to give him control of different areas of our life, we limit the Holy Spirit. We stop him from working. We stop God's blessings. But here's the good news. When you give him control of every area of your life, including your sexual desires, he works in your life. You experience God's power. You experience freedom. You experience life change, peace, joy, love. You will see miracles. Maybe you're saying, well, well, Pastor Bo, I could never change. God could never forgive me for the things I've done. That's not true. You've heard me share my failures. You've heard others share their failures. And Jesus Christ can wash all of our failures clean. That's what he did when he died on the cross. He took all our guilt, all our shame from all our sins on himself. And then he was buried. And three days later, Jesus rose again from the dead, leaving our sins buried. He offers you a life of peace, of forgiveness, a fresh start. If you've never invited Christ into your life, can experience his forgiveness today. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If this is what you want, tell this to Jesus right now. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. He knows what they are. Just tell him silently where you are, where you were watching at home. And then say, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Then say, please, please forgive me for all my sins. Please come into my life and change me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you invite him in, he will give you his spirit. You'll never be alone again. Just, just tell him, Jesus, I will follow you from now on. That's that dedication step. Jesus, I will follow you from now on. Love you, Jesus. Amen. If you invited Christ into your life, you're wondering, well, now what? Well, now you need to get connected to God's people. 
like you to take out your connection card, my next steps, I want to join a small group. Again, you can find our groups on your church center app or go to bcfchurch.com groups. And then say, I will share my struggles with someone I trust. And if you don't know who to share your struggles with, I want to invite you to come to Celebrate Recovery this Friday at 7 o'clock. Actually, this coming Friday, March 4th, my wife Gianna is going to give her testimony at Celebrate Recovery. I'm going to be here. I want to invite you to come and join me. And then finally, say, I am giving my sexual desires to Jesus Christ. I pray every one of you makes that choice today. If you're making that choice today, if you're saying, Jesus, I'm giving control of these desires, whether you're married or single, you're saying, I'm giving you control, will you please join me in prayer? Let's tell that to God right now. Father in heaven, we believe you know best. We believe you want the best for us. So Father, today, we're surrendering. We're surrendering this area of our lives to you. Father, take our sexual desires. We give them to you. Take our failures. Take our habits. Take our addictions. Jesus, we give them to you. Take our hopes and our dreams for the future. Holy Spirit, we give you control. Please give us lives of holiness and honor. Lives dedicated to you. Lives of freedom. Lives of purity. We love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Thank you.